If Terror is human, do all my mistakes make me superhuman? Welcome to the podcast. The emergency alert system has been activated. All broadcast and cable systems shall transmit this emergency action notification message. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Global Detection Adventures podcast. I'm Lance Goolsby. As always, I'm sitting here in the XP Deus Black Ada studios in Schweinfurt, Germany. And uh, alongside me, uh, about 8,000 miles away, I got my co-host and co-compatriot, Dave. He's sitting high on top of the Lambeau field as people start lining in for the football game. Yeah, hello everybody. This is Dave D. You said it, Lance. They're all starting to come in. I just ordered my horse collar sandwich. It's like a twenty-five dollar sandwich. Oh, it's a it's a three foot brat on this huge U-shaped uh, bun. Oh. It's just it's it's amazing, man. So, yeah, we're uh, getting ready to uh, hopefully get another victory today and. Uh, and uh, speaking about victories, I got to tell you about a victory I'm just gonna about to have. What's up? Uh, Monday. Well, I got a little little card in my PO box, and I didn't tell anybody about this, but you know everything about the XP Deus, and I've been reading about it and studying about it, and you know me, the V3I sweeper guy with the whites, right? But mm. I just got this itch, man. I think everybody's just such a high review of the XP Deus mm. that you know it. I got one. Really? Ordered one. Yep. Order had. I broke down and well, ordered one, and I'm gonna have to tell my my V3I to well, it's time to take a little break here, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it'll probably be sad. But you know, like I said, the XP Deus is French, and you never turn down a French girl. Yeah, you never turn down a French girl. Well, that's kind yeah. of interesting because uh, we got on the show with us today. Uh, now, everybody who has a XP Deus, they might know this guy. In fact, everybody knows this guy from the instructional videos that are currently on the um, the knowledge library over on the XP website, xpmetaldetectors.com. Uh, he's also known for all the rallies, the expositions. He's done news for our podcast as well for um, XP Detectors. And uh, he's with us sitting in the UK right now, uh, and we've got him on the line. I want to go ahead and welcome Gary from XP Metal Detectors onto the show. Uh, Gary. <laughs> you got me. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Great. How are you today? Absolutely wonderful. I've you've been, you've got... been... Sorry. Yeah, you've been a busy, busy, busy guy. Yeah, uh, I've seen you. Uh, you're all over the place. Can you? What's what's been going on with you in the last few weeks, months? Months. Well, as you know, the XP rally went really, really well. That took about six months of planning. So, jeez, I've, I've got even less hair now. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, we can still wear the XP baseball cap. So it's not a big problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it went really well. It was a fantastic event. Everyone enjoyed themselves. Um, we just had so many people turn up from all over the world and it was just great to meet up with these people. Um, of course, the dealers, the, the dealers from XP from all over the world, a lot of those turned up and it was just a great event. Um, I have to say though, the French guys, they just killed it. They made, they made the party. 
Yeah, if you've seen the video, go over to the XP website. Uh, they got it under their their videos tab. Uh, Gary posted a really great video of the entire event on there, and I watched it. It's about 18 minutes long, but it's well worth a watch. It's a really it looks like a really great event. Hey, Gary, is is this just for XP Deus owners only when you go to these this official XP rally? Yeah, it, it was for XP owners only, but we had a few sneak below the radar, but we couldn't police the situation. It was just good to see everyone in one place as such, right. you know. But the good thing is I just want to thank everyone who bought a raffle ticket because they made some fantastic money for charity. Um, we're just about to do the photographs and hand the checks over. So we have made about... Just over £3,800 for Macmillan Cancer Support. Oh, wow. And we have made Beautiful. over just over 3800 for Help for Heroes. So oh. we split oh. the profits down the middle, uh, and it's gone to each charity. So we're hoping to hook up with those guys for a quick photo session and hand the money over soon. So tell me exactly how, like, for me, I'm, I'm here over in the States, and next year... You know, I want to come in and join in the, on the fund. So, what's what's my first step to to get get over there and get into the rally? And you know, like how much the tickets cost and packages and you know all this stuff kind of goes through your head you, because you're in a land that you've never been before. Um, is there some help on to arrange for somebody from the states or a group of guys from the states to come over there and and, and be a part of the rally? Sure, we've had the XP Adventures website running with regular updates and all the information, booking uh, electronic booking systems and maps and travel information. So everything's been up there on your screens. Um, we had to shut the gates because we had too many people applying for this. So a few weeks before, we just had to say enough's enough. We've, we've reached capacity. Um, and that was it. Because obviously you, you you have to have a set amount of numbers because you need to keep control over it and and insurance purposes really. Mm. Yeah. What so do you what do you find? Can, they can actually find the, for, the the website is actually xp-adventures.co.uk for any information and uh, that you might want to get from that. So go ahead, Dave. That's right. That's, yeah. Where, where where do you find the the best? Uh, is it better to do the, the camping over there a little bit more camaraderie be, between um you know detectorists or is you know is there hotels available um do you have that choice the hotels filled up pretty quickly i must admit um but the camping you're absolutely right it was a good sense of camaraderie and um you know you, you had a big fire pit and everyone sat around the fire pit drinking we had live music all, all through the evening um, so, yeah, I'd recommend the camping, but um, I will say we're not actually doing an, an XP Adventures event next year. We're going to give it a miss. But Mark, my partner in, in that event, um, is from a club called The Metal Detectives, and he's going ahead and doing another big rally for next year, but it's open to all the manufacturers. So hopefully it'll be a bigger event, but... Hopefully XP will be there as well if we're not too busy. So that's one to look out for. But book early because these sort of things now, now people have seen how successful they can be. I think the tickets will sell out pretty quick. Yeah, and with 
With any kind of luck, I'm hoping to see the uh, the GDA crew out there uh, actually recording a show live in front of an audience as well. Can you imagine that? That'd be brilliant. That would be fantastic. <laughs> hey, when you guys go on these 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 adventures and you do these rallies, uh, are the fields are are they virgin fields or do you are most of them been hunted already? And how do you pick your location? Do you know what? That is a very good question because. Um, there's a term in the UK that field's been done to death and the field is as far as the eye can see you know it can be hundreds of acres really you know a a load of fields and to use the terminology this field's been done to death is absolutely crazy Um, for example there's a, a little field not far from me it's got Roman finds probably the size of two tennis courts joined together and I've been doing that field for 20 years and I'm still finding stuff off of it so you know the words done to death can we really use them in detecting terms well especially when they till the soil turn the soil over twice maybe a year every year or twice a year you know you're gonna you're gonna find better targets you know they're not gonna be as deep or you know, if they, maybe they were laying on their on their sides, and and now they're flat, and so yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you have just a really great advantage over there when they're you got a farmer helping you out, you know. It's just like the field that I've been metal detecting over here. Uh, I thought I had pretty much uh, hunted it out, and so when I got my dais, I went back out onto that exact same field that I thought. I was getting absolutely nothing on. And next thing you know, I'm pulling out silver coins and uh, actually discovered a road that had been lost for 160 years. Absolutely. And with the dais, you've got so many dimensions. You can search a patch in, for example, 18 kilohertz, and then you can go on 8 kilohertz. And another day you could use Goldfield program. Another day you could use pitch or full tones. It's just got so many options with it. You can't really say a field's been done because on the Monday it could be quiet, but on the Tuesday it could just be, like you say, giving up silver coins. And that's the mystery of this hobby. That's what keeps us going, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it definitely yeah, is. Exactly. And just so you know, uh, I've found that road and all those coins directly underneath high-power tension lines. And the dais was actually really beautifully able to cut through that chatter from those lines. Perfect. It makes you wonder just how much of this hobby is pure luck <laughs> compared to skill. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a high percentage of luck. Yeah, I think well, that, that's, right. that, that's the first thing I'm going to do as soon as I get that. Uh, as soon as I open up my dais and get it out, I'm gonna I'm gonna go visit all the places that I've already hunted with the whites, and I'm I'm hoping that um, I'm able to uncover a little bit more history stuff that I missed. So that's, that's what I'm really curious about. And, and I'm, I'm really excited about getting that thing out. Um, I'm, I'm going out, uh, next Sunday for sure. And I'll get my first video in and uh, I'll make sure everybody gets to see that on YouTube and, and, and GDA. Oh, you know, um, I'll be watching. Yeah. But, um, Gary, you, you just came back from, uh, Paris, France, and you were at a metal detecting convention um, and you guys actually had a XP booth there. And can you tell me a little bit about uh, your experience uh, at that convention in Paris? Yeah, it was really good. We went there last year, and, and it went really well. So the guys who organized it were, were a company called um, Detection Passion, 
they're a French company who mainly do the magazines and mm. they invited everyone there and all, all the dealers. It wasn't just an XP show, it was a metal detecting show in general and it was just good to catch up with people. You know, there was a, a good pe a lot of people come through the gates. Um, must have been a thousand people there in this um, hotel uh, conference centre. Um, yeah, it, it was brilliant and... The language was a problem because my French isn't very good, um, but we still managed to have a good time and have some good conversations with people and get some new information. And the feedback from the rally, because as you know, over 300 French people come to the XP rally and the feedback from those guys was just immense. Uh, it's amazing how good they are at detecting because they put us Brits to shame on that rally. They really did. <laughs> What, what were some of the vendors? Who were some of the vendors that, that were there besides uh, XP? Uh, there was a lot of XP dealers. Um, Nocta were there. Nocta Macro were there. Mind Lab were there. Um, Pirates, now, they're from Bulgaria, and they've, they've got a, a French importer now called Nicholas, and he seems to have rebranded the Pirates. That was good to see. Hmm. Um, lots of different magazines, French magazines were there because they're very big on their magazines and stuff like that. Um, also, my old friends Maison de la Detection were there and once again, they just laid on a really, really good show. You'll probably see the video up there. They always put 120% into their events and their social media and everything is just, just brilliant. I just can't get over how good these guys are. Um, who else was there? I'll tell you what I did see. There was a guy... He had a stand and he's made all these models from detecting junk and they're fantastic models made out of shotgun cartridges and just bits of junk that you'd normally throw away. And he's kept them all and just made some really awesome models. Yeah, I saw some of that in the video that you had posted on there. One of them was a Viking warship. You got it, yeah. Yeah, there was some absolutely beautiful stuff that he had made just out of stuff that he dug out of the ground. Yeah, I wonder if there'd be a, a good outlet there for a, like a, an annual competition who can make the best model out of junk, wouldn't it? Ah, oh, be careful. <laughs> That's a great idea. So when you when you were out there, um, did you have any uh, any cool surprises happening? Did you meet any cool people, or um, you know, um, I see. I know you meet a lot of a lot of people throughout the uh, throughout the trade, but anybody that stood out in particular. I met, met up with the diggers from the USA, um, Tim and KG, who do the TV program. I met up with those and had a talk with them. Yeah. They were, they were really interesting guys. They're going out on their own now and, and um, doing their own program because their contract's finished. Yeah. Um, I, they're still using the Garrett's, but, you know, they're, they're really, really nice guys, and uh, I enjoyed their company. Yeah, that, 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 that was the thing that... The thing about their show was they were just down-to-earth guys, and you knew if you ever met them in person, you can automatically be friends with these guys. There was no um, big heads with these guys. They were just really down-to-earth, you know. They really enjoyed what they guys. did and yeah. sharing what they did. Yeah. Do you know what? They had time for everyone. Every guy that come up or lady would come up, ask for their autographs, they had time for them, and I think that that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, that definitely does. Really well, do, do, do we actually have Gary's uh, interview? 
that he did with uh, KG and well, Ringy. You're, you're very right. Uh, I actually have that logged in right now. Um, so what I'll do is I'll go ahead and play that, and uh, we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Gary Blackwell reporting for the GDA podcast. I'm in uh, the metal detecting show in Paris. I've met up with two great guys. You probably know them from the diggers on the TV. So I've got Tim and George here. So guys, what are you doing here all the way from America? <laughs> well, uh, as you know, we've been sent overseas several times lately. Uh, we made visits to France, Germany, England, Belgium, the Netherlands. Uh, Australia, Canada, what else, KG? France, France. Yeah, France several times. Yeah, we've been in, like you say, Australia and Canada. We've been filming more of our shows, and we've been super busy, and we're excited. We're actually, uh, we've been uh, searching for other avenues like uh, Netflix. We're on Netflix now, and I believe YouTube, and we're actually searching for a network to carry our shows. We have several options, but we're... We're actually searching for more options. We would like to get our show over here in Europe. Yeah, it would be kind of nice to get more of an international flavor to it because everything we did on our original 66 shows was all based in the U.S. And, you know, we have a lot of history there, obviously, but over here it goes back thousands more, you know, years based on the metal things you can find in the ground. So, you know, that's so interesting and it's a huge new you know, avenue we could pursue. Yeah, and we definitely want to, uh, we want to do it the right way. We don't want to just go running wild out there and find history. We want to make sure that everything's legal and legit and everybody's happy with us when we leave. Yeah, exactly. And every country over here has their own particular rules and stuff. So it'd be nice if we could work with everybody and see if we could dig a little stuff up and present it to the people in a way, you know, that only we can. <laughs> oh, so, so wild and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So you've been to England detecting last week? Oh, you? yeah. So tell me about your trip there. Did, did you go find some Roman stuff? Oh, yeah. We did. It was great. You know, stuff all the way from, like, the Victorian times and back to Roman times. It was great. Some of the guys that were out there with us, one guy found a pre-Roman Iron Age right. silver Celtic coin, and, man, was that thing beautiful. It's still there to be found, and that's the beauty of it, isn't it? You know, as detectors advance, now we're finding the smallest stuff in the difficult soil, so right. it really is a great hobby, isn't it? It's, it's great the greatest hobby out there. I mean, what other hobby can you anybody afford to do? Anybody can buy a metal detector, go out with their family, get off the couch, go out there, and you never know, they might find the most incredible discovery of their life. Yeah, and think about how many different hordes and cool things that people have found in the last 10 or 20 years and all of that has been found with a metal detector because somebody's out in a field that nobody would have ever thought to search before and and here we're all as a big group worldwide contributing to you know recording history. history yeah and yeah. like say and, and getting and working with the right people and you know and making sure it's done the right way, you know, and so that we can keep doing this hobby we love, you know, that's important. We have to approach it in a, you know, in a political way too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it can, it seems like it could be kind of a pain, but, you know, we need to work with everybody and make sure everybody's happy. And I'm, I'm 
very adamant about that and the fact that I'd love to see all the countries kind of come together and get a, a similar, you know, plan where, you know, it's not outlawed in certain countries, you know, and it, yeah. it almost forces criminal behavior, you know, like almost like prohibition of beer in the United States in the early 1900s, you know, they were had illegal breweries and everything until they finally made beer legal again. Right. But could you imagine in Germany if they outlawed beer? What oh, would happen? Man, it would never be over. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening, Lance, because I know one of our hosts is from Germany. Oh, so yeah. listening to yeah. that now and it's thinking, shucks, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be great if we could have a universal platform. Right. Right, exactly. Like in the U.S., I mean, when we're building our shows, I mean, we had an archaeologist with us the entire time. He wasn't on camera a lot, you know, but he was there, Mark and stuff, and we worked side by side with archaeologists a lot. And we know the, the, the friction between archaeology and metal detecting is there. And if we could come to some term or where people are happy and not trying to shut everybody down, yeah, I mean, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, it really would be. I mean, it, you know, obviously not everybody can walk around with an archaeologist, but, you know, if we could all work together and it would be encouraged to go find things, and then people would be encouraged and proud to display their finds because they knew it was done in a legal way, you know, that'd be fantastic. You know, you just report it and go on about your business. You know, it'd be best for everybody, but how do we get there? I don't know. So where are you going off to France? Uh, we're, we're heading back to the U.S. This this uh, conference or this little expo happening in Paris here, um, we were just in the Netherlands, went to London, and went to some places in England, and then they found out kind of as a last-minute thing this was taking place, and of course Garrett had us a booth here, and they said, hey, can you guys just stop in Paris before you go home? So we're here, we're already exhausted from digging billions of holes <laughs> so we're gonna go home and rest for a little bit okay and then carry on digging billions of holes in yeah the US yeah it? exactly yeah. listen great it's great it's really great catching up with you thank you have a beer later okay. yeah yeah i saw you at the bar last night but someone was bending your ear and not here yeah, yeah. Uh, no no we'll definitely do something tonight all right perfect thank you guys this episode is brought to you by XP Metal Detectors. And uh, if you head over to their website, xpmetaldetectors.com, you can see their full line of products that they offer, multiple different metal detectors, from the Gold Max Power to the G Max 2, the Aventus 2, the ADX 150, and obviously the XP Deus, the one we're pretty much been talking about all night. Check this out. This machine, if you do not already own one, is extremely powerful. There's a reason why it's considered one of the best metal detectors on the planet, if not the best metal detector on the planet. So check them out over there at www.xpmetaldetectors.com and check out their full line of products. And besides, she is one sleek and sexy French lady. What can you do wrong there? Well, welcome back to the Global Detection Adventure Podcast. I'm Dave D, along with Lance Goolsby. Hey, y'all. And we're talking, we're talking with uh, Gary Blackwell of XP. And uh, Gary, we got, we're, Lance and I will have we we have a couple questions we want to ask you about uh, the dais and some of the accessories, and um, 
what what is new and upcoming with the XP dais? Yeah. So Lance, why don't you go? Why don't you go? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll go ahead and start this off. Uh, One of the biggest things that I've been keeping my eyes on now for several months since actually I got my uh, started talking with you first, Gary, was the uh, the. Uh, XP Detector's very first pinpointer device, which is the MI6, uh, we're currently uh, several months out uh, from it actually being available. I think it's a couple months, and uh, no official release date is available, so it will be announced as soon as it's available directly on xpmetaldetectors.com or xpmetaldetectors.co.uk. Um, but right now they've actually announced a lot of the features that this is going to be. And I know for a fact that both you've got one in your hand right now and you were just helping people take a look at this in Paris last weekend. Uh, what, uh, one of my biggest questions is, is, you know, so many people know the pinpointers that are out there on the market, like the the Garrett pinpointer or the Garrett carrot that's currently out there. Uh, those are probably the two most popular that are out there. But what's the one thing that the MI6 is going to be setting itself apart from the competition that's out there? Okay, yeah, good question. It's got it's got lots of different features, and as we know, if you've got an XP Deus, you can make it communicate wirelessly through the headphones. Mm. Um, it's got it's got some really neat features. Where do we start? To be fair with you, okay. <laughs> when you turn the pinpointer on, if you're in Deus mode, which is program number seven on the pinpointer, if you turn the pinpointer on, your Deus screen will change to a pinpoint screen. And not only that, when the pinpointer turns on, the search coil turns off, so you don't get any interference whatsoever. Oh, that's fantastic. And as you zoom in on a target, your data screen, the the target zoom screen, I should say, narrows, so you get a, like a bullseye area for that. Um, turn the probe off, and the data springs back to life again, and you're back into the normal detect screen. That's fantastic. That's a that's a beautiful beautiful advantage. Uh, one of the things is that uh, you know a lot of people they you know they just turn their pinpointer straight on to vibrate but now you don't even have to do that it's communicating directly to your headset so you got it in your hand you don't have to take anything off everything that you're using already it's currently just taken over that and you're using the pinpointer not only in your hand but also on the screen and so you have kind of the dual pinpointing action and the strength of that thing is unbelievable yeah it's very very powerful um, you can adjust the the sensitivity via the Deus controller. Yeah. You've also, if you haven't got a Deus, you can still use a pinpointer because you can access six different power settings and vibrate settings just by a sequence of button presses. Now it doesn't just have, you know, like the the Garrett just has the single tone and vibrate. Uh, the one thing that I noticed that the uh, the MI6 is going to be having, it has a couple different tones on it. Is that correct? That's correct. It's got a tone adjustment, but the feature I really love on this pinpointer is the pitch mode. Um, and what, can I demonstrate? Yeah, please. I've got one just here. So this pinpointer is set to pitch mode. It's got the conventional bleep mode, what the Garrett's got, but this pitch mode really is nice let's go switch it on 
So it's got a VCO, so the closer you get to the target, the more it revs up. So this is a shallow one. This is a deep one, sorry. We're getting closer, getting closer. And then it explodes. Boom, bang. <laughs> well, let's hope it explodes with gold. That's what we're looking for out here. That's, a, that's actually really fantastic. And it really gives you multiple signals. That, 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 uh, the tone setting on that, it really goes from deep to extremely high. So you know exactly how close you are. Yeah. It's much sure. like the dais itself, you know, how it tells you the depth just by the tone strength and everything else. Yeah. You know what my concern, you know, like I, 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 I had this is probably I'm on my third Garrett um, Gary pinpointer, and the the biggest drawback with me is the on off button starts to I don't know if it wears or what, but um, it gets to a point where it won't turn on, and you have to actually hold the button while you're using the pinpointer. And two is the speaker hole. Um, it fills up, but you can clean that out. But for some reason, the tone on the speaker just starts to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. So it's really hard to hear, even with fresh batteries. Huh. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's a water problem or a dirt problem, but um, what it, the on-off switch is that like has the same as with the, with the rubber coating on top? Is it waterproof? How, how does that uh, differ from the, the carrot? Okay, it's got an on-off switch very similar to the, the Garrett, but it's a much heavier-duty rubber switch, which is a part of the, the body. Um, so it's fully waterproof. Um, when, when you press it on, you can feel it's got a, a good, solid click to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Garrett's done a good job for many, many years, and you can't knock them, but mm. X, this is why XP have taken so long working this one out because they just want to put as many neat features into it as possible i mean it'll always be a pinpoint probe let's face it but a car will always be a car but you've got fords and you've got rolls royces do you know what i'm saying so yeah. this is really the, the the tip of it all um submersible up to 20 feet so you've got the end cap what screws on which makes it completely waterproof yeah. Um, on that, you've got the tag for the lanyard, which fits in the holster, so that, that's really good. Um, you've also got, from the day of screen, you've got tone adjustments, so you can adjust how high or low the tone is, which is really, really good. Um, it's got an on-screen battery location, so you can see how much battery life you've got in your probe, very much like the, the, the coil and the headphones. Yeah, just like the coil, yeah. Yeah, just like them, it's really good. Uh, charge it up in exactly the same way as you do your, your dais with the same adapters. If you don't use the LED, it's claimed that you get up to 90 hours on one charge, but I'm still testing it, so I can't verify that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's, the, what's the cost? I mean, this is just for the XP, right, this, this pinpointer. Um, what, what is the, like, the average cost of one of these pinpointers, if anybody's interested in? And getting one, I really don't know, and that's the honest answer. Um, 
I haven't got a clue what it's going to be. We're, we're still in the prototype stage, so there may be changes made and things like that. So realistic, we, realistically, we can't put a price on this just yet, but we will do very, very soon. Will it, will it be kind of a competition price, you know, with the, the Garrett, somewhere in the same general vicinity as that one? Is that what they might be aiming for, or are they aiming for, uh, you know, there's a difference between quality and... I guess you could say popularity, and um, the, you know that that the XP quality does come with a slightly higher price, but it's not to be ashamed of because of the quality is just outstanding. Absolutely, it's again you can't buy a Ford Rolls for Rolls Royce money or whatever. No. It's it's one of, one of them sort of things. I again I really don't know what the price is going to be, but we're going to be as competitive as possible. Yeah. So all I can really say, guys, honestly, it's it's one of them things. It's we just have to wait and see. It's not going to be crazy money, um, but I, I'm hoping it would just be a little bit more than the Garrett. But don't hold me to that. We we've really got to sit down and talk about the market on that one. Okay. Well, I do know that uh, you know everybody kind of a lot of people have gone through this situation where they've been out metal detecting. They used their pin pointer, they placed it on the ground, they walked off, and they got home and they realized that their pin pointer is missing. Uh, I can point out about ten videos on YouTube that I've seen. I think uh, our friend Siren Kimmy's had the problem. I think Butch Holcomb's had the problem. Even the guys that were on Rebel Gold, they had the problem we've talked with them about that as well uh but it seems that xp has actually gone past this uh this problem of losing your metal detector can you let us know exactly what research mode is okay well in in a week i must have thrown my probe away at least 10 times in long grass bushes all sorts of things just to test this research mode so even if your probe is switched off if you lose it up to 20, 30 feet away, you go into the data screen, select pinpointer, select research mode, select go, and the thing starts bleeping. So you can just walk straight to your pinpointer and um, pick your pinpointer up, press the on off button, and it switches research mode off. You're back to detect screen. So yeah, that, that's this a, is that's, really good. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I would get I would I would get that just for that that fact. Yeah. Um, that just it's amazing. Yeah. That that's just a a great upsell. I just uh, that's the first thing that's you know that's the first thing I'm gonna get uh, is that pinpointer once that comes out. Yeah, definitely. Um, but another thing I'm gonna need to get is I'm gonna be traveling. Um, actually, I'm gonna be going to California first week in January. And I'm going to meet up with Todd Roy, our comedian XP user. You know him well, Gary. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, and definitely is. I'm going to need a traveling case for the for the you know for for the plane ride. Um, what what what's a good hard cover travel case that XP has, and um, and what are we talking about prices in the range for the for the cases? Okay, we do a dedicated hard case for the XP Dais. Um, it's really, it's not just for traveling, you know. I've had a lot of people say, do you know, I've bought this this hard case purely because I've got crazy kids in the house and they're always going through my stuff or stampeding through the house. And uh, just to put your detector safe in a hard case 
it's just such a good idea. So we do a dedicated XP hard case, and um, they're available from any XP dealer, really. And everything fits in. You can even fit all the coils into the case, your headphones, your module, the stem, everything goes in. So now there's even a, I was looking at it today because I want to get one myself because if I'm going to be going next year around to all these little uh, events and plus to store it, I, I store my dais in a bag underneath my bed right now. Uh, but this would definitely keep it a lot safer. Um, but I noticed that there's a little slot inside it that's almost the exact same length as a pin pointer. You've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks it goes straight in. That's strange, that isn't it? Just yeah. goes straight in. Unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely something for anybody who's got a DS. Uh, first of all, it keeps everything organized, clean, and safe. Um, so if you got an XP DS, I highly recommend one of these hard cases. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cut to a commercial. We're going to come back with the ArchMD Mag news. And uh, it's going to be a little bit different this week. We're going to see how this is going to run. And uh, then we'll be right back after that and talk to you guys in just a few minutes. It's been a year since I got my Black Ada Extended Invader. I'm still using it. I'm using it religiously. And I guarantee that if you guys get the Black Atta Extended Invader or any of the lines of the digging utensils from Black Atta, you're gonna love them as well. They're powerful, they're well-built, their welds are masterful, and they are extremely robust. These are the greatest accessories for metal detectors to carry along with them. I guarantee you'll love them. So, Check them out at www.blackada.com. That's blackada.com. I have never lost a belt buckle in my life. I have never lost a harmonica. I have never left a mason jar in the yard. I'm perplexed at these phenomena. And so I cry. So I cry. How'd this get here? How'd this get here? High above the Cumberland Digging normal stuff One might expect Out pops something I have never seen before A coin from India Dated 
lost a belt buckle in my life. All right, so we're going to be bringing you the news. This is all coming from archmdmag.com. So go head on over there to get even more news. But these are going to be the top stories for the week. Uh, uh, Dave, uh, what a find. I tell you what, this this guy has done some amazing stuff. Uh, a rare Tudor ring was unearthed by an amateur treasure hunter in uh, North Yorkshire, and uh, it sold just recently for a five-figure sum. I'll give you the story. An amateur treasure hunter who discovered a precious Tudor ring has sold the extraordinarily rare piece of jewelry for a five-figure sum. Lee Rossiter found the green Hammerton ring in North Yorkshire using a cheap metal detector he had bought off eBay. The 15th century ring is also 80% gold and contains a ruby and an emerald. It's kind of a two-half upper portion, you know, the, where the, 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 the actual... Um, diamond would sit or the emerald and ruby would sit each one has its own little circular piece of gold and it sits on top of the, the the finger with that mr rossiter discovered the ring while he was searching with the yorkshire searchers metal detecting club at green hammerton near harrowgate in april of 2015 uh really beautiful ring uh this is you know, we were kind of talking about this before the show. Uh, we were kind of going over what this idea of a five-figure sum was. And so that's basically anything from 10,000 to 99,000 pounds. Yeah, I think it was going to be closer to 10,000. When they use that five-figure sum, it's it's pretty it's, – it's always on the low end. I just want to make it a little bit more, more intriguing of a value and kind of keep you – uh, thinking, oh, well, it could have been, you know, $100,000 or, or, you know, or $50,000, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's between, uh, 10 and $15,000. But you know, what really upsets me about the story? What's that? The guy uses a cheap metal detector. Everybody <laughs> who finds these whores, they're using cheap metal detectors. What's up with that? Yeah, but, uh, you know, any kind of a cheap metal detector to some of these people, it could have been a $10,000 ground-penetrating radar that he got for 2,000 you know, pounds on eBay, and he considered that to be cheap. A big part of it is luck. You know, your right place at the right time. Just like the three-year-old last year in England, he was out with his grandfather's uh, metal detector. I can't even remember, but the kid had the headset on, and the dad was swinging, and the kid's like, yeah, it's going beep, beep, beep. And they dug it up and ended up being a medieval reliquary case uh, box, uh, which is extremely rare, and a three-year-old ended up finding this. As Dave said, it's all luck. Yeah, congratulations to the guys who have found it, but... A lot of this is luck. You you just can't avoid that. Yeah, if you've seen a picture of the ring, it is a very large ring. And if you think about the period Tudor, the Tudor period, uh, it was one of those times when everybody was we wearing these really gaudy rings around to try and show their uh, their wealth and their status in the UK, you know, especially in a time when so much war and so many fights were going on. Somebody walking around with this huge ring is definitely of somebody of status. Of course, they used to wear the rings on top of their gloves as well, so that made them even more chunkier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to go ahead and cut over to the, the next story. The next story is coming out of the United States. Uh, an explorer says he's found pirate's treasure. Uh, this story actually just broke a couple days ago. This was on the 12th of October. Uh, the undersea explorer who discovered the Widda Galley, the first authenticated pirate ship in North 
America, the first authenticated pirate shipwreck in North America, believes he's found where the ship's legendary treasure lies after more than 30 years of poking around the murky waters off of Cape Cod. Barry Clifford says his expedition recently located a large metallic mass that he's convinced represents most, if not all, of the 400,000 coins and other riches believed to be contained on the ship. We think we might be at the end of the rainbow, Clifford said in a recently opened Widow Pirate Museum on Cape Cod, where many of the expedition's finds are now showcased. A pirate shipwreck in North America. It's... You know, everybody thinks the Goonies and everything else that pirates weren't really around North America. But if you pay attention, like uh, the Curse of Oak Island or um, just this this story itself, and there's a couple other ones. You know, there's some that are taking place off of South uh, South Africa. But even those stories tie into uh, the United States and North America like crazy. So it's this this guy finding, you know, the the treasure hall of a pirate shipwreck that yeah i, I was I'm, I'm i'm wondering if he was always looking for this treasure this particular treasure because 30 years looking for a particular treasure yeah you gotta be obsessed with finding this thing or did he just you know he was always he was just basically sort of like a metal detector was going around and then eventually finding a you know a big hoard um, I, that's, I would really like to know, you know, that part of the story. Cause man, 30 years diving underwater, looking for one treasure. I'm talking about divorce and <laughs> yeah. but look at the Jersey Horde. Them guys were searching for, for 30 years on a, a field, uh, well, a few fields and yeah, they finally found it. So, you know, follow your dreams. And if you want any more news about archaeology and metal detecting, please check out our friends over at archmdmag.com, where all these stories came from, and read more. Dave Sadler would love to have you guys come visit their website. So that's it for the news, guys. Um, Dave, what's going on? Me, personally? (laughs) Where do you want me to start? When I was four? No. Um, Yeah, I got questions about... You know, because now I'm going to be putting down the V3i for a bit and picking up the dais in a week. And I want to talk about the frequencies. And with the V3i, it's a three-frequency machine. It runs on all three frequencies. Um, Visually, it's a great display. Um, But how does the frequencies of the dais differ than the frequencies um, from the V3i because, um, the V3i, you got three frequencies, you got a 2.5, a 7.5 and a 22.5 and wherever it's hitting the hardest, you can kind of tell what, what metal it's going to be plus based on the V3i. Um, but the dais has three frequencies of its own that it uses and they're, they, they're different. Um, what are, what are the, those three frequencies and, and how, how is it similar or what's the differences Okay, for at the moment the dais uses four frequencies on on the current coils, so frequencies can not just like people say. Yeah, a lower frequency is for bigger targets, and a higher frequency is for smaller targets. But you can't really assign a frequency to a target type because the frequencies, changing frequencies, 
can also let you penetrate the soil better. So some soil conditions, your four kilohertz will be a better option than 18 kilohertz, and you're still gonna find the really small targets. Uh, another thing is target orientation. Four, three, four kilohertz can also find targets on the surface that 18 kilohertz will miss, and that's a really good experiment. We're gonna do a video on that soon. Hmm. Um, higher frequencies, they can work better in difficult ground. As you know, ground all over the world changes, so it's always good to have a higher frequency option because it can penetrate difficult ground conditions. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. And one of the things that I've actually noticed about the uh, the XP Deus is that, um, like I was talking a little bit earlier uh, with Dave, the comparing the XP Deus to the metal detector that I had, which was the Tesaurus Ebola, is like trying to compare pears to peaches. Um, they're both great machines in their own right, but I've never thought... Um, moving from the ex, from the uh, Tesoro, that I would be in multiple coin days. Uh, each time that I've gone out with the XP Deus, now I'm thinking I've been out five times. Um, the signals and the 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 signals that I'm getting, it seems to be penetrating the ground a, a lot better. And it's giving me a much more accurate reading on everything that's in the ground through the audio tones. And I've been able to find more coins in my searches than I ever did um, with an entire year with the Tesoro Sabola. I'm not knocking on the Sabora whatsoever. It's a great machine. But it's like, like Gary was explaining earlier. You can have a Ford or you can have an Aston Martin. A Ford is a great car. It'll get you around. But the Aston Martin is really fun to drive. It's powerful, and it's just sleek and sexy. Sleek and sexy. And the XP Deus is French. You, you never mess with a French woman anyway. Um, mm. Where but, I hear that? So, <laughs> so you, know the old, you know the old saying, if you're going to be a cowboy, wear silver spurs. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, Lance, that when you first started with the Deus, I know I kept telling you off for looking at that meter. What's your take on the meter now you've been out with the Deus a few times? Tell us, tell us your feelings about your, your audio response and that's basically one of, your progression. Yeah, that's one of those things. Um, I started When I started going out there, because as you know, when we were talking, I was trying to go out there completely blind, not knowing anything about the Deus and just going out and trying to learn as anybody might do, you know, how many people actually go through and take the time to read an instruction manual. And this one's a little bit larger. It seems imposing when you get the instruction manual in your hand, but it's actually a really easy read and it's really informative. And I just didn't take the time to read it. So I went out there and I'm swinging and I'm getting tones, but I'm still looking at the, you know, the screen. I'm looking at the signals that I'm getting. And it just didn't make sense to me. The tones to the signal, the the the, dis, the display signal, uh, it just wasn't just wasn't corresponding. And finally, you just told me, just Lance, forget about the signal, the the display. Just listen to the tone. When you feel that the tone is a really great tone, then then 
dig it up, find out exactly what it is. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. I, I was going out and I was just listening for those tones, those really fantastic tones. It could be a really great deep tone. It could be a really great mid tone. It could be a really great high tone. And I was noticing that um, when I get those really great mid and high tones, I was getting really great relics. And that increased my my um, relic find. Um because I'm a relic hunter. I'm not a coin hunter. I don't go out coin shooting normally. I'm looking for the relics, the, the pieces of history that have been lost in time in the dirt around Germany. And um, so I increased the amount of finds I was getting. And then slowly I started turning back to looking at the display. But it's not to get an idea of what it is. That display is not as accurate as the tones will ever be. Um, and just like this last time I was out, um, if anyone's seen my last video, I found a necklace pendant that dates from the 12th to 15th century. Uh, we're talking directly in the mid, mid ages and, um, uh, right in the middle of it. And, um, the, the tone that I got was an extremely great high tone, but it was quiet. It was a really quiet tone. The display showed absolutely nothing on it. I had zero, zero. But the tone was weak, you know, really quiet, but an extremely great tone. And I figured out that it was coming from directly in the middle of this foot and a half clump of dirt from that field that the, the farmer had just turned. So it was deep enough where the, the, um, the control box wasn't able to discern the, the numeric value for it, but the tone was still able to pick up that perfect pitch. And um, that's what it ended up being. It ended up being the brass uh, medieval cross pendant with the skull and crossbones on the bottom. And um, a lot of people, you know, people who use the Tesoro that are just looking at the display they might be missing some really great stuff. Listen to the tones. Even if it's a really weak tone, if it's a great tone, dig it up. It just means that it is further or deeper than what your display box will actually be able to show. It's just a correspondence. You know, just give the meter a, a courteous glance to have a look down just out of your own curiosity but like you said if you get the really faint sweet tones and the key is if you can lock onto the tone if it if it moves around and you can't quite lock onto it with uh, the coil swing then it's probably rubbish but if you can lock on with that coil and, and comfortably pinpoint it it's got to be worth a dig. I mean, your spade is your best discriminator, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It? Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, you know, I use, I still use that display. I mean, uh, I'm not saying don't use it, but it only gives me a general idea. It's not a very accurate display, but it is accurate enough that I can then discern, you know, I get really great low tones that end up being great finds. But the problem is, is that if I get a really great low tone, and I'm getting a zero four on my display. I know it's just going to be a large clump of metal, but if I get a really great low tone that ends up being 34, 35, then I should probably dig that one up. Yeah, let me just add here. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are listening right now who are like, what? And they're pulling <laughs> the rest of their hair out of their head, uh, not knowing what we're talking about. But 
I got to tell you something, Gary, you have uh, unbelievable YouTube videos that really make using the XP Deus easy in my mind. Um, where can they find, uh, what, what is your YouTube channel and, um, and, um, what types of videos do you have geared towards, uh, XP Deus users? Okay, I, I do the official XP videos brought on the XP website. It's www.xpmetaldetectors.com and they've got a series of, let's say, professional videos. And um, I've got my own YouTube channels with the videos. The boss says, that, no, not good enough for us. Stick it on your channel. <laughs> so if you do a Google search for Gardanselin, G-A-R-D-A-N, S-O-L-Y-N don't ask me that's all the family's names in one Gary, Dan, Sophie, Lynn Gardanselin if you do a YouTube search for that you'll find my channel there with just loads of XP stuff and um, I just hope it's really helpful to people you know it's, we're doing our best there and we're getting good feedback yeah, definitely well, you know, are. it's very helpful. I mean, you got over four thousand subscribers to your channel, and um, like I said, it's it's really, really easy to understand because you're like a matter of fact kind of a person. And so, if, I mean, just uh, recommend anybody who's getting the XP or has the XP and wants to learn how to to tweak it in different conditions or just go with the programmable, you know, um, modes that they have there. Um, you got to check out his videos, but also you have a website too. Um, Gary's detecting. Um, what can we see on on the website from you? Well, Gary's detecting that that must be twenty five years old. That website. Oh, it was geez. when the internet was pretty much on its infancy. I was one of the only ones up there, and I. I used to do lots of reviews and things like that, but um, things have evolved since Gary's detecting. I, <laughs> I mainly run the um, the XP classroom, which is www.xp-detectors.co.uk, or just Google the XP classroom. That's where all the updated XP blogs are. Um, if you put a slash forum at the end of that, you'll go into our XP forum as well, where you can interact with other XP users from around the world. So... Um, the Gary's detecting, yeah, that was great fun in its day, but it's a little bit dated now. Um, so XP Deus guys, just get onto the XP classroom, I think, and there's, there's a lot more valuable information on there than on my original website. Well, yeah. Why do you th why do you think that um, the XP is really become a phenomenon here in the United States? Um, it's a European machine. Um, the company's from from France. And a lot of guys are using it here, especially down south when they're hunting relics and Civil War um, um, items. Um, how do you, why, how was that transformation from Europe to United States? Was it an easy one? Um, and you know, because I know a lot of guys are using it. So how did that transformation? To get to the United States. Yeah, we got we got some people that have been on the show, like Laszlo Peter Ellis. He, he uses the XP Deus as well. Do you know what? I can answer that question really easy. The, the reason why XP Deus is so successful in America is purely because of you guys. You guys are out there in the field. You're doing it. You're reporting back to us. You're finding little tweaks to it, which us guys in Europe, never need for example your bottle cap rejection your, your big silver tone so 
all this feedback and, and the popularity is down to the, the users in the field and we can't thank them enough for giving us great information. It does definitely does seem to be um, getting caught on a lot more in the United States. And I think people are realizing the sheer power that this machine really de definitely has when yeah. they use it out in the field, especially in the southern states with the more sandy soil and um, looking for the Civil War relics that are out there. Um, the XP Deus is just dominating out there nonstop. Everybody, oh, the user. Sorry, yeah. I fully appreciate that, that my videos are for the European market and a lot of it doesn't appeal to you guys in the US because you've, you've sure you've got a different way of searching out there, but um, I know that this machine is so adaptable. There's a little jewel in the crown somewhere which is mm. going to suit someone on a certain site. So it's just really finding it, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Well, what, what, I got a one. I was watching a video today on GDA, and a guy was having problems using the dais in the sand. Is that because um, he had, doesn't have it set up right, or is there a problem using the dais in this in this in the sandy, like going at the beach or something like that? Wet sand. Wet sand. Yeah, wet, wet sand is a really difficult nut to crack. Um, and there's all different types of mineralized wet sand. It's just not one type. So, yeah, I fully appreciate that Deus isn't the best machine in wet sand. It's more of an inland and dry land machine. But, um, you know, one minute you think there's that guy having problems in the wet sand, and then you get an email with some photographs of another guy having the time of his life in wet sand. So it's really difficult to sort of nail it down, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely understand that too because, I mean, the, the soil the soil types on every beach, it could be even on the same coast, the soil type within 50 miles of each other is going to be completely different. Mm. All right, well, let's uh, take our final break. Uh, you're listening to the Global Detection Adventure Podcast. I'm Dave D. along with Lance Goolsby, and we're talking with Gary of XP. Uh, we're going to be right back after this, and stay tuned. As you can hear, we've been talking about the XP Deus just about the entire episode. So if you've been on the market for an XP Deus or just tonight you decide that you wanted to go ahead and get yourself one, then head on over to the XP Classroom. That's www.xp-detectors.co.uk and check out all the videos there. There are instructional videos on exactly how to use the XP Deus to its fullest potential. If you own one, it's one of the best things that you could possibly do. This classroom is designed for you. And if you're on the market for one, this is one of the places where you should start looking because you can see exactly how easy it is to actually control this extremely powerful machine. So head on over to the XP Classroom and check out all these videos. That's www.xp-detectors.co.uk. No matter where you live in the world, chances are that you are aware America has a presidential race coming up. I would not recommend who the best candidate is, but I will say this, life would be a whole lot simpler if they were both metal detectorists. If they were metal detectorists, it would be easy to decide based on just a few questions. For instance, do they cover their holes? Uncovered holes shows disregard of property ownership, a general lack of respect to the earth, and you're probably against the Green Party. Do they sneak onto property without permission? Well, 
that shows a general disregard for law and order. Do they toss trash back into the hole? <laughs> that shows laziness at the expense of others, and I'm not going to vote for them either. Do they insist on owning every new metal detector known to man, yet they don't take the time to learn any of the machines properly? That's a matter of buying recognition that is mostly undeserved and shows the outward appearances are more important than really tackling the problem. No vote for me. Do they see dollar signs on every item they find? If it's every item, that shows greed. Do they become disgruntled when their hunting partners make a nice find? Well, that shows selfishness. It is too late for this upcoming election, but for the next one, I suggest that we send both candidates a metal detector. There's nothing quite like our hobby to bring out the best and, unfortunately, the worst in people. Surely America deserves a leader who at least fill in their holes. This is Butch Holcomb of American Digger Magazine, still looking for America. All right, so uh, we're back, and uh, make sure, like uh, like you heard on the commercial, head on over to uh, xp-detectors.co.uk and check out the, all the classroom videos. Learn how to use the XP Deus and uh, many other things with our good friend Gary Blackwell, who's with us today. Uh, Gary, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, um, I know there's not a lot of information about it out there right now, but uh, the XP is going to be bringing out two brand new coils, and these are high-frequency coils. Uh, there's the 22.5 high frequency, and there's also an elliptical high frequency coil that are coming out. And honestly, I think they look really sexy. They're both white. Yeah, it's just a myth. They're not really coming out. We're just winding everyone up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, high frequency coils and HF coils. Okay, great. They work off high frequencies, but they have... A lower frequency, they start off at about 14 kilohertz, 30 kilohertz, and 55 kilohertz. But yeah. you know when you're on the frequencies and you go into your expert mode, on your current dais, you've got three segments. You've got the middle, left, and right, just to shift the frequencies. Mm -hmm. But on the new coil, you've got seven segments. So Whoa. if you're on 15 kilohertz, if you go to the left, it goes all the way down to 13 kilohertz. If you go to the right, it goes to like... 16 17 kilohertz so in theory you've got between 13 kilohertz and 57 kilohertz on one coil so it's the whole range so you've got loads of frequencies to choose from on that one but that's just the prototype one i'm using at the moment whether the production ones would be the same i really don't know but i'm pretty sure they will be yeah. so that's just your frequencies another thing is like myself, I'm thinking if you use a higher frequency, you're going to find tiny targets. But, guys, I've got to tell you, I've been testing it at 50 kilohertz, and I'm digging Coca-Cola cans at a foot deep. What's that all about? That's crazy. That's really deep. So it's, it's, with, the higher, with the higher kilohertz, it, it, uh, it should actually give you a little bit more depth at just about, uh, I guess you could... Guess you could kind of compare it at that depth. It would be around the 1500 uh, range. It would be able to find a really good targets at a foot deep, not just that's, really yeah. tiny targets right on top. Oh, and that's what surprised me because when I started using these really high 50 kilohertz, 
I thought I was going to be finding very small targets, period. Hmm. But no, I'm finding the full range. I've only been out a few times with it. Granted, I've still got to do some more testing. But so far, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a game changer. I think it's going to be really good. And another thing what people don't really take into consideration is, okay, great, a coin, it's a big target. You'll find that with any frequency. But what happens if that coin's on edge? That's a really tiny target if you hit it from a certain angle. Yeah, especially if you're talking about hammered silver. And we're talking half a millimeter in thickness, and that thing uh, standing on its edge would be invisible to so many different machines. Mm. So, you know, we're waiting to get some feedback because we're going to go through the the testing stage next month where we're going to be sending some units out to our, our guys to test. So... We're going to get a little bit more feedback then and then hopefully go into production late December, perhaps early New Year. I'm not 100% sure when we're going to go into production. It all depends on the feedback we get. And once again, I really don't know about the prices. But um, what I really like about these high-frequency coils is the battery is now mounted in the lower stem. So if your battery goes flat or you simply want to change your battery, you just unscrew the pod Put a new pod in, takes 30 seconds. Oh, that's fantastic. That's actually really nice. I like that one. Now, now it's coming into the uh, the circular, which is, I believe it's going to be the 11-inch circular? No, it's a 9-inch circular, same as your normal dais. Okay. And then, and then it's also got the elliptical one, which is the one that I, if once this actually does come out, I'm personally going to try and use the elliptical one that's out on my fields out here. See if, uh, see if that one's going to be a little bit better on some of these new fields that I have. And uh, it looks sexy, doesn't it? It uh, looks sexy. You can take that coin on a date, no problem. <laughs> it's French. You can't. You can't argue with a French girl on a date. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, these are these are going to be two really great uh, great coils for the uh, XP Deus, and I'm really looking forward to these. Um, now they they do say that they're going to be great for gold searching for gold, which uh, a lot of the people that uh, we know that are out there and they're um, they're gold hunters and they're looking around and prospecting out there. This might be something that they might want to look into beginning of next year. Uh, I think this is going to be, like Gary said, it's going to be a game changer, especially with those higher fr- uh, frequencies for uh, the uh, the people that are out there looking for gold nuggets in the middle of Australia. Oh, and everyone wants gold, whether it's gold nuggets or gold coins or whatever. They just love gold. So <laughs> if we can make something which is better for the gold, it's all, all good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Now, both of these coils, they're going to be um, working off the version 4 software uh, along with the MI6. Um, this is All three of these are going to need the version 4 software on the, um, the Deus control box. Is this correct? Absolutely. It's a free download, and it takes probably about three or four minutes to do. Um, it's not available if you've got a Mac computer, only a Windows PC, but everyone knows someone with a Windows PC. It's just plug and play, follow the on-screen instructions, and you're done. Um, the V4 software has got some neat little changes. Um, for a start, it's got a more efficient reactivity level, so you can work that little bit closer to iron, which is really good, especially from my point of view, the oh, yeah. sites I work. 
Yeah. Um, the reactivity level, you've got, a t at the moment, you've got one, two, three, four, five, but now you've got t reactivity 2.5, which is a really good all-round reactivity setting for general searching. So that's good. And another thing, we've done a lot of work on program number 10, which is Goldfield. Mm. Um, if you get a chance to go out and sort of get your ear into Goldfield, it's worth trying because people don't realise how dynamic this program is. It uses less filtering than conventional modes and it's got a really good iron rejection. It's got a, a feature called IAR, which is iron amplitude rejection. Uh, at zero, it doesn't reject any iron. At one, it'll reject iron at a certain depth. At two, a little bit deeper at three, and so on. And at IAR maximum, number five, you reject most iron, but you really are using a raw detecting mode. It's quite dynamic, but you must get an exact ground balance using Goldfield yeah. by using the pinpoint button and just pumping it one or two times, and you're good to go. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been... I found out on my new field that I have to do a, a pumping uh, ground balance as well. But yeah, that's everybody who's got a who's got a XP Deus. They'll figure that out themselves if they have to do a ground balance on the ground or not. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the new software sounds fantastic. Plus, it's got the update for the uh, MI6 uh, for the control box. It's got the update for these new uh, coils, which should be coming out probably next year. And um, everything's going to be running flawlessly. Like you said, it's not very large. Uh, unfortunately, I have to beg my wife to let me use her Windows computer since I run a Mac and uh, see if I can plug my stuff into her computer to download it. But it's not a big deal. It's not a huge uh, so bit of software. So simple to do. You wouldn't believe it really is. It's just quite plug it in and, and just let it automatically update, correct? Yeah, just follow the on-screen, go into um, configuration, update, and it, it says now plug the, the cable into your controller, zip, 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 it's done. Have you got headphones? Yes. We'll turn them on, turn them on, updating, job done, and it's as simple as that. Fantastic. And it just as long as you've got your search calls sat next to you there, it'll update the search calls as you're sitting there. So although the version 4 update is to accommodate the new high-frequency coils, you're still going to be able to use your conventional Deus coils along with it without any problems. It's, uh, it's basically it's completely backwards compatible. So anything that's come out prior is still usable, plus objects and uh, some more peripherals that are going to be coming out in the next couple months are completely covered by it as well. Absolutely. And you've also got the GoDetect app. It's, it's going to be compatible with the GoDetect app which is downloadable. It's a free app. You just download it. And that's like got GPS tracking from your mobile phone. So it works in harmony with your Deus. All right. Yeah, so uh, we'll definitely go over the, the Go Detect app. Uh, I've got that. Just downloaded it myself today. I'm going to be using it next weekend while I'm out hunting. So hopefully I can talk about it in two weeks when we come back onto the show. Now, Gary, the one that, that, I'm, that, one that I'm, I'm just getting... Does, are the, is there going to be any updates I need to put on that? On the on the Go Detect app of the of the day as you're getting, no, that's good to go. Plug and play, and, okay. and you're ready to go. All right, All right good. It'll be in version three point two. 
So if you want to get the uh, the MI6, you need to plug it into your Mac and let it update. And like you said, it takes about three to four minutes, and then you're done. No, don't plug it in your Mac because oh. nothing will happen. It's Sorry, that's why, PC. that's what happens when I have a Mac. <laughs> I just keep yeah. thinking Mac. I want it to say computer. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, plug it into your computer and let it update for three or four minutes, and then you're ready to go. As soon as the uh, the pinpointer comes out, you'll be ready to, I guess, get that thing in your hand and get out there rip roaring. Well, we were we were fortunate enough today to have you on, Gary, and um, you know, with you with XP. What what uh, are some of the things we can look forward to as far as uh, rallies or um, conventions? Uh, anything happening in the United States in the next year um, that we can look forward to? Hopefully we'll be traveling to the U.S. next year and do a little bit of touring around and visiting some of the dealers and you guys. And mm. um, if there's any any really good rallies there, we, we we probably would like to attend and just meet up with the, the guys in the field. Yeah, that's fantastic. There so you go, there's, Dave. There's a lot going on next year. It's it's just it's like too much really to mention. But, um, <laughs> Anything coming up in the near future? Um, the near future, I think I'm going to Holland in a couple of weeks to um, to go to a rally there. There's a rally in Holland. Uh, I do believe there was something in Italy as well happening. So it's just a case of just waiting for it all to happen and get these these new updates and new coils the pinpointer finished and then we can move on with uh, the next project really yeah yeah definitely uh keep me updated on the uh the italian one i might be able to make it down for a weekend for that one well that's uh if that's uh, anything else to plug there gary that's uh for xp for for anybody else no, just go out and buy one. You know, makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> go out and buy one. Absolutely does. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to cut off with Gary right now. Um, Dave? Uh, yes, I, I'm still here. Uh, sadly uh, enough. Yeah. I've got a well, request before I go. Yeah, sure. Play Whithill, dug it up again. Ah, I love do. it. Just love it. <laughs> and if you didn't hear today's uh, song, was Whithill's How'd This Get Here? So that was played a little bit earlier. So make sure you check out Whithill on our website as well. But yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll close the show with uh, I Dug It Up. How about that one? That's just so good of you guys. Thanks very much. It's been great <laughs> talking to you. Uh, great talking with you, Gary. Yeah, thanks for joining us today, Gary. I really appreciate you coming on. And I know we talked a lot about the uh, the XP days today, and uh, you know, in the future shows, we'll be talking about your favorite detector. Um, but uh, today, we were fortunate, like I said, to have Gary with us, and he's a very busy man. So we really appreciate your time. Yeah. And thanks for coming in and and, and talking with us. I want to see them videos, Dave, you and your new dais. So uh, I can't wait. I can't, yeah, I yeah. can't wait. Especially when you change your name to Dais Dave. It, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't be V three I swinging now. You've got to be more, yeah. So you, you've got to be um, V three point two. I was thinking about I was thinking about Day, Dais Dave. What do you think about that? Do you know, I think that's good. I think. Well, that's you know good. what? I really X. Appreciate that, Gary. Ah, done and done. I was waiting man. to say that all day. I'm gonna have yeah. to put some ham on that cheesy bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's finish on a low point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I like love bringing down the show at the end, but um, 
Lance, uh, I, I'm going to be taking off right now. I get uh, I get ready for the the big Packer game. Uh, yeah. Got to get out of my office because yeah, uh, I think the coaches are going to want to use it. Um, and let's see. Uh, we'll see you guys in two more weeks. Definitely in two is? more weeks. We're back on schedule. Everything's back on track. Um, the family has gone back home to Nebraska. I was really glad to have some time with them, but we are back on track with the Global Detection Adventures podcast every two weeks. So every Monday, every second Monday, excuse me, every second Monday, there's going to be a brand new episode and you guys can look forward to it. It's going to be regular as clockwork. Well, I'd like to thank everybody who makes the Global Detection Adventure podcast, uh, Whit Hill, with their beautiful and really cool metal detecting music. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest today, Gary Blackwell of XP Deus and uh, Butch Holcomb for his great uh, segments that he brings in every week. And uh, we're all thinking of of you, Butch, and your wife. I know she's going to have some uh, uh, problems right now, health problems, and we're all thinking of we're all thinking about you and your wife, and hopefully uh, she'll get back on her feet. And yeah, from all of us at uh, from all of us at GDA, let's we're just rooting and hoping and praying that your wife makes it through this. All right. And uh, thanks, uh, Dave Sadler, for your research on your news at the Arc Mag, and I really appreciate you being the time and getting us all that news, updated news. Fantastic guy. Well, well, for me, I'm out of here. It's Dave D, soon to be known as Deus Dave, <laughs> and uh, we will uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, and I'm Lance, and uh, I'll see you guys out on the field. Let's dig it up, y'all. Deep in the woods, deep in the woods, it was ringing real good. Ten inches down, ten inches down, with a solid sound. Mule shoe, mule shoe, you're so sweet. I'm gonna take you home with me. I dug it up, I dug it up for my baby. But he doesn't want it, no. He says, go wash your hands. Look what I found on the ground for my baby. But he
under the sand, under the sand, that gold band. Big diamond ring, just the thing for my baby's hand. Gold ring, gold ring, I say to myself. This has been a production of the GDA Podcast Network.